Hey everybody, today is Thursday, March 30th, and this is the 29th and second to last episode of the season of the Sportsbook Sharps. We're going to get into it today with a look at the final four, talk a little bit about the games from the last week, and get into my lock this week. Let's jump right into it. Six locks in a row for me has ended. My streak is gone. I missed my lock last week. Last week, I gave you Michigan State minus one and a half over Kansas State. One of the best games, if not the best game of the tournament, was the Michigan State-Kansas State game at the Garden. What an amazing game. Double overtime thriller. Kansas State outlasted Sparty to win that one. So, you know, Izzo gave it his all with the team, uh, but they just could not get over Kansas State, so my lock streak has ended. I got one more lock for you here at the end of this podcast. Uh, make sure to bet that one. We're going to end the uh, first season of this show on an upswing with a win. So I guarantee this lock at the end, so make sure to stay tuned. Let's get into the final four a little bit. We've arrived. This is March, and we are heading into the weekend for the final four. Very exciting tournament this year if you love the upsets this was the tournament for you this has got to be one of the lowest seeded final four i can ever remember i don't lowest seeded highest seeded i don't know how you say it but there are no one seeds in this final four since 2016 the tournament uh has been won by one seed so the last seven tournaments have all been won by one seeds but not one one seed made it to the Elite Eight this year, uh, which is truly remarkable. I, I, you know, we've talked about a lot on this podcast. This was truly an upset year in college basketball. Every week I was listening out, you know, 14 to 19 top 25 teams getting beat at least once in a week. Sometimes teams were getting beat twice in a week. So just an incredible season of upsets has led us to a March Madness that was absolutely full of upsets. Um, we have a four seed. That's the best seed left, a four seed, UConn. Two fives and a nine seed. That is your final four for this year. Uh, like I said, none of the one seeds made it to the Elite Eight. Two of them lost before the Sweet 16. And two of them lost in the Sweet 16. So not a single team, uh, one seed in the Elite Eight. Unreal that the best seed left is a four seed. Let's look at the two matchups left in the final four. So we've got San Diego State against Florida Atlantic University. No, that is not a typo. That is not incorrect. SD State and FAU for a chance at a national championship, uh, a national championship game. Uh, we got to give it up to the mid-major conferences this year. Mountain West Conference, this is their first final four appearance. Uh, their only other Elite Eight appearance before San Diego State was Utah in 2006, and they aren't even in the conference anymore. Utah moved, has, is in the Pac-12 now. Um, I have a slight footnote on this. I don't know how you count these sort of things, with, and we'll get into it when we talk a little bit about Conference USA here. The realignment of all these teams moving conference to conference, I don't quite understand and, and I don't think anybody has a consensus on how the records count for some of these things. Because I, when I was looking up some of the stats before, various websites listed it various ways. So some websites 
if you won the championship when you're in the conference, they were counting it as a conference. So, and if you moved in later, they weren't counting it in there. Other ones are counting it as of the current makeup of the conference. So, you know, if there's 12 teams in a conference today, what are their total number of championships? And that counts even if they won them as part of another conference. So it's a little squirrely to get to some of these numbers. So I want to put a footnote in there on this stat for the Mountain West that UNLV, who's currently in the Mountain West Conference, did make some Final Fours in the 90s and won it all in 1990, but that was when they were part of the Big West, not the Mountain West Conference. So, um, like I said, the alignment is just crazy. If, if you looked at a timeline of where these teams have moved from conference to conference, it's out of control. But before San Diego State won their first game this year in the first opening round, the Mountain West Conference had lost 11 straight games in the tournament. And if you remember last year, I think they had three teams in. They all were out within 10 hours. They, they made them all play on the same day, the three teams that made it. And within like 10 hours, the entire conference was wiped out from the tournament, which is remarkable. It was three or four teams last year that, that made it. And it was just remarkable how fast they fell out. The Mountain West Conference for a long time has been an up-and-coming conference. Uh, the conference that they're telling you to watch out for, that they're going to start putting good teams with deep tournament runs together, kind of like the West Coast Conference has Gonzaga and to a lesser extent, but still a team that can consistently make Sweet 16s, um, St. Mary's. But this has been the big thing probably for 10, maybe even longer than 10 years. I think San Diego State got a one or a two seed uh, within the last 10 years, and, the, and they've been the quote-unquote conference on the come up for a while now. Um, their other teams did go 0-3, but if you get a team into a Final Four, your conference, it's legit. So congrats to the mid-majors and the Mountain West Conference. Uh, you finally have a little more legitimacy than you did before this year. Um, FAU, Florida Atlantic University. I had to look up a lot. I'll be honest. I don't know much about this. Uh, never even heard of this basketball school before this year. Um, they were good in football. If you had heard of FAU, it was probably because they're like two, two years ago, uh, Lane Kiffin was the football coach there for like three or four years and they were actually pretty good. I think they were even in the top 25, uh, in top when I say top 25, I'm talking like 20 to 25. I don't think they ever got any higher than that. But they were in the top 25, I think, when Lane was there. Um, so that's maybe where you've heard of them before. As far as basketball, I'd never heard of them. Uh, since they went to Division One in the early 90s, this is only their second basketball season where they've had more than 20 wins. So you shouldn't be surprised that you hadn't heard of them before. They've been pretty bad at basketball since they became a Division I school. They're actually located in Boca Raton, Florida, which I thought only people over 65 were allowed to live there. So I don't know how all these college students go there. But I saw that their campus, they have about 30,000 students on campus. So it's quite the dynamic with uh, all the retirement homes and communities in Boca Raton, and then you've got all these college kids there. That must be quite an interesting Friday night out on the town. I guess probably most of the people are asleep by the time the college kids go out. So um, the most famous alum from uh, FAU is Carrot Top. I did not know that he went to 
school there. So that was interesting to find out as well. Um, and Conference USA, uh, this they're in Conference USA this year, but they're actually moving to the American Athletic Conference, the AAC, next year. So uh, this was a nice little one and done here. Uh, they made their mark for Conference USA. And uh, who knows, maybe they'll walk away with the title here. But I just want to read. So Conference USA is a pretty unique conference in that it's been plundered many times uh, throughout the years with all these teams. Uh, if you remember back in like 2004, 2005 timeframe, there were a lot of realignments with uh, the Big East. A lot of schools moved uh, into the Big East. That's when they swelled up to like 16 or 20 teams. And they had that Big East tournament that was like triple, quadruple buys because there were just so many teams in the tournament that they'd start playing it on Monday and wrap it up on Saturday night. Like that's how long their uh, basketball tournament would take because there's just so many teams in there. I think at one point they did get up to like 20 schools, um, but I think only the top 16 schools made it to their little conference tournament. But anyway, um, just to kind of give you an idea of how much the realignment has impacted some of these conferences, the original 11 schools in the Conference USA, none of them are left in Conference USA. That was Cincinnati, DePaul, Louisville, Marquette, St. Louis, South Florida, Charlotte, Southern Miss, UAB, Memphis, and Tulane. And then a year later, they added Houston, who's not in the conference. Uh, just the list of people that were in the conference, it's crazy. East Carolina, Army, TCU, Central Florida, SMU, Tulsa, Ma uh, Marshall. What? I didn't even know Marshall left. They're in the Sun Belt now. Huh. I didn't know that. That was just last year. Uh, Rice. Those are all gone. All those schools were once part of Conference USA and are now no longer there. So it's not a surprise that you've probably not heard of FAU. It wouldn't be surprising that you didn't know they were in Conference USA, and it certainly wouldn't be surprising. I didn't know until I started reading up on FAU that they're leaving Conference USA at the end of this season and moving to the AAC. Um, who will win this game, San Diego State versus FAU? I have no idea. FAU's had some really close calls this tournament. They beat Memphis by one. They beat Kansas State by three. Uh, San Diego State also some close ones. They beat Charleston by six and Creighton by one. They also had to come back against Alabama, uh, but Alabama's a one seed. That was a really good team. Uh, but they were down midway in the second half and had to come back. I think I like San Diego State here at minus two and a half, but it wouldn't surprise me if FAU won. But what the heck do I know about March Madness? My bracket finished at the second to last in our bracket challenge. And of the final four, I had three of the final four teams losing their first game. So what do I even know about March Madness? <laughs> oh, But yeah, excited to see that game this weekend and see who's moving on for a shot at a national championship. Uh, the other final four game, a little more recognizable schools. Uh, UConn versus Miami. Miami, uh, they're part of the ACC. 
that conference is no stranger to the Final Four, uh, so not as big a deal as it is for our first matchup of the conference of the Final Four. Um, Duke and North Carolina, they're consistently in the Final Four, um, and the final and the ACC is actually tied for the most tournament wins or tournament championships um, with the Pac-12. They each have 15 NCAA championships in March Madness, so. Uh, definitely not like the first matchup that we talked about. Um, and the UConn in the Big East. Big East is no stranger to the Final Four. The Big East has won the fifth most titles at eight behind only the power conferences minus Big 12. Big 12 only has three. Um, so, yeah, both of these teams hail from conferences that are familiar with people. They may not be the teams that we normally see, uh, UConn is, we've seen quite a few championships in the last 25 years from them. I think four, uh, yeah, they're 4-0 in championship games. They've won them all in the last 25 years. Uh, they won in 99, 2004, 2011, and 2014. Um, so definitely people familiar with UConn and the brand. Uh, Miami, maybe from the 90s, their football powerhouse in the, in the 90s, but as far as a basketball school, not really known as a basketball school, but I am super excited for this matchup more than I am the other one because both of these teams run the court and transition and they have excellent guard play. I, after watching a whole season of the Big Ten punch itself in the throat all season uh, and just play tackle basketball, it is a joy to see basketball being played this way. Uh, just. If you only have time to watch one game this weekend, you got to watch this UConn-Miami game. They're just tremendous. The speed, the athleticism, it's its on another level. It's no surprise that these two teams made it. I, I didn't watch a lot of Miami basketball this season, but they are a very good team. Um, I was also disappointed in one of the games earlier. I thought UConn-Gonzaga might have been the game of the tournament, but old Timmy got in fouls early. He had to sit, and that totally ruin what Gonzaga wanted to do, and they were never able to recover. Uh, the game was a total blowout. Uh, Gonzaga's one of the highest, if not the highest scoring team in the nation this year, and I think they only ended up scoring in the 50s that game, maybe the low 60s. I mean, just unbelievable how low their scoring was without Timmy. Uh, that game was a total blowout. Gonzaga won by almost like 30 or something like that. Uh, 28. They, they won by 28 points in that game in an Elite Eight matchup. So um, I'm a little worried that UConn might roll Miami in this one, but uh, they've been hands down the best team in this tournament, UConn has. They've won their, their four games. They've won, this is the point differential. They won by 24 points, 15 points, 23 points, and then, like I said, in the Elite Eight matchup against Gonzaga, they won by 28 points. They outscored the highest scoring team in the nation by 28 points. That's incredible. So I, I can't tell you who's going to win this game. I, I think Miami, they played a couple different styles in the games that they've played. Uh, I watched the Indiana-Miami game and uh, put total focus on that game at the time when there were other games on. And, you know, IU was down double digits late and tried to press Miami, and it was like it was like they weren't even on the court. I mean, Miami, the, the speed and athleticism of their guards 
is second to none. I mean, they broke the press like they, IU wasn't even trying. And they didn't. I mean, IU tried it. They threw it on maybe three or four times. And they got layup, 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 dunk. And that was the end of the game. It, it swelled up to like 16 or 18 points because they couldn't. Not only could they not trap and stop Miami, they couldn't even slow them down. They were playing faster than they were the rest of the game. So uh, leading into my lock this week, I love, 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 love the over in the UConn-Miami game. That over right now on Thursday is set at 149 points. I know that's a lot, but these two teams have scored in the 80s three out of their four games in the tournament, and that is going to lead to some fast-paced action, a lot of shots, a lot of transition buckets. Um, It's going to be a track meet. It's going to be fabulous to watch, and they are absolutely going to get over that 149 points. If they each get in the low 80s, you're at 160 right there. Boom. And like I said, three out of their four games have been in the 80s, each team. So I don't see anything that's going to stop them from scoring in the Final Four. The one thing you have to worry about a little bit with this one, and it's a a minor concern, uh, the first game played is going to be FAU and San Diego State. So we'll kind of see how that works out for them. They do the stupidest thing in the Final Four and Championship game all season, all season. These teams play in basketball arenas all throughout the country. They, you know, you may play in a very small one like FAU's arena. I think I read that it holds like 2,000 or 3,000 students. They said that there were high schools around them in Florida that have bigger uh, gymnasiums than FAU's. But the point is, it's always a gym. And when you get into the Final Four, for some reason, the NCAA has decided this would be a good time to move it from a basketball arena, basketball court, into a football stadium. So sometimes these games are a little slow starting, um, a little lower scoring than they have been previously in the tournament because they've got that big chasm behind the backboard where instead of there being, you know, fans or, or a wall or something, there's just like a bunch of empty space. So it takes a little bit to get used to the shooting when they're in a football stadium like that. Um, but hopefully they're both able to bring it and get over that 149. And I love it as my lock this week. So um, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. We're finally there. This is March. And we are at the final four. And then we've got the championship game coming up on Monday. So that's going to do it for this week's podcast. We've got one more. We're going to put a bow on the show for the first season. Uh, I will be back next week to kind of go over this final four and the championship game. And uh, I think talk a little baseball. Baseball uh, opening day was today. So congrats to all the people that, uh, especially here in Cincinnati, Uh, that went to the opening day. It's a big pageantry thing here in Cincinnati. So I hope they enjoyed it. I hope the Cubs and the Reds both win today. And uh, yeah, we will be back next week to talk a little baseball and then we will take a break until the fall. So that's going to do it. Make sure to follow us on our podcast or uh, sorry. Yeah, obviously follow the podcast on Spotify, but also follow us on TikTok at TSS Gambling. Have a great weekend gambling, everybody.